Welcome back to Out Loud, the Selective Mutism podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Ann, Chelsea's mom. And today we have another special guest. Her name is Nika. I've followed her on Instagram for a while, and I am super excited that she agreed to come on and tell us about her experiences. Um, so welcome, Nika. Thank you. <laughs> and her mom is here too, Jan. Jana, yep. Thank yeah. you. Chelsea, you want to? I thought you were going to do your Oh, okay. Okay. I was just wondering, Chelsea had some questions all put together and then I was looking at her questions and I said, well, what about like, I just wanted to ask Nika, so how old are you? Um, I'm 10. 10. Okay. That's kind of looking, I, cause I checked your page out, Chelsea sent me all your stuff and I was looking at your page and I thought, oh, she's probably about 10 or 11. Okay. So what grade that would put you in what grade? Four or five? Uh, fifth grade. Fifth. Okay. What else? I was just wondering how many, like who's in your family, if you have any brothers and sisters or anything like that, any siblings? I have two brothers and two sisters. Uh, two? Oh, wow. Well, one of my sisters and one of my brothers usually lives with me. Okay. You have a big family then. Yeah. Well, yeah, but she's yeah. also the only one left here. Like, the, so, so that's different. Yeah, the one brother is um much older, and he lives in California. And he, yeah. He's in California, oh, wow. and the sister again, much older, lives in Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. But then Noah and Kaya kind of grew up here with Nika, and they're both in college right now. Okay, so you're the yeah, baby then, probably too. Are you the baby? Yeah. Not the baby, but you know what I mean. You're the youngest. <laughs> this is the baby, the dog. <laughs> yeah, I see this little doggy behind you. That was another question. Um, so do you have more than one dog? Because I've seen Scrappy I, on Instagram and I love him. Scrappy, Scrappy, come here. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. <laughs> I love small dogs. Oh, there he is. That's him. Oh. Hi, Scrappy. <laughs> so how many dogs yeah. do you have? Um, we have two dogs. Two. Piper and Scrappy. Yeah. Piper and Scrappy. They're so oh cute. My God, they're adorable. I used to have a little dog too. So I guess we can get into our house. Oh. <laughs> so let's ask a few questions about selective mutism. Okay. Um, so Nika, how old were you when you first started experiencing selective mutism? Um, I don't really ever remember not having it. Mm -hmm. I guess the first time I remember it being a problem was when I started like school, um, but my mom says she noticed it a little earlier though. Uh -huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Same for me, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. From the, yeah. When Chelsea was a baby, I could kind of tell, you know, I thought she was just shy and then right. right. The older she got, I kind of was starting to wonder, maybe there's something more here than just being shy. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was, that was us as well. I think, you know, we started to realize when we would do the mom and me classes and we'd separate, mm -hmm. she's really not talking to anyone. And even in the room, she was really only talking to me, mm -hmm. even if someone else was talking to her, she was speaking kind of through me. Mm -hmm. And so we, we knew something was up, but we also thought she hadn't started school yet. So maybe she was just really slow to warm up and that was all going to work itself out. Um, it did not work itself out, but we, no. <laughs> yeah, we found a way and now Nika has helped work it out. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. She seems to be doing amazing from her yes. videos and things. I couldn't, I was pretty impressed. So yeah. do you still experience any of the symptoms of selective mutism today? Um, yeah, a bit, uh, 
sometimes talking to like new people that I don't know yet makes me mm-hmm. or freeze up. Uh, I can do it, but it's still hard sometimes, and I don't sound as expressive as I do when I'm talking to my family or friends. Yeah, right. Yep, definitely. That's that's pretty common in selective mutism. I would think that most people would say they don't they don't realize that she has it. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually had done an interview for a project she did the other day, and people said, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that she had that. She seems completely fine. We notice the difference because we know how expressive and animated and funny she is. So mm-hmm. we can tell the difference when she's speaking yeah. to someone else. But I don't think most people would be able to tell it yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Nick, yeah. Nick, I wonder, are you able to tell us... Um, I don't know if Chelsea was really able to put into words at that age when she was younger, but can you tell us like some of the things that you feel when you feel uncomfortable? I feel like if I do or say something stupid, I'll be judged and that feeling just makes my body feel hot and like tense up. Mm. Mm -hmm. Chelsea used to um, faint quite a bit. Has that ever (laughs) happened to you? No. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Good. Wow. A full out faint? Yeah, so I always used to feel like just my heart would start pounding and my vision would start to go and it would either be like I could tell I was either going to throw up or pass out. So I would usually have to get to the bathroom or curl in a ball <laughs> wherever I was um, to oh protect my myself. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's such severe physical symptoms. Yeah, I definitely had a lot of those. Wow. <laughs> so I'd always wow. tell her to put your head down. <laughs> I tried to t- put your head between your knees. One time in school, she, um, she was watching a video and she felt it. So I would always told her, put your, just put your head down if that ever happens. And so she, she put her head down on her desk and she got in trouble for putting her head down on her desk and not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do when you're feeling anxious that like what can help you when you're feeling that way to feel better? Being around my mom helps a lot. Uh, I know she won't like talk for me or try to rescue me from talking, but she'll also be there if I'm confused or have a question or mm-hmm. need something. Really yeah, I always felt like I, it seems like you really love animals. I always loved my cat and she made me feel better. Yeah, my dogs also help me feel better. So cute. Scrappy because he's not like Piper. <laughs> like, yeah. like Piper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scrappy's an old soul. Yeah. I mean, I think Nika went to a Brave Bunch camp at Florida International University oh. as part of the MID program and did learn coping techniques there as well. Um, I don't know, like sometimes I'll ask her, I'll go, does it, does it make you feel better, Nika, mm-hmm. to know that you've done it once so you can do it again? And what was your answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, each situation is so different, right? I feel like each situation is totally different. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think we both get buried in your subconscious there somewhere. It helps. But, you know, on the surface, like, take, take those deep breaths. And I think maybe the deep breaths don't help, but knowing not to, you know, shallow mm-hmm. breathe helps. Because I never see her just get all zen, you know, and <laughs> yeah. go... <sighs> like that but I do sometimes see her go okay I'm not gonna try to huff and puff and you yeah. know panic attack this away so some of those things might help even though maybe you don't realize mm-hmm. it right away even if you're just aware yeah. of it because when I was little like I didn't even notice that I was shallow breathing or like mm-hmm. 
um, struggling and just knowing and being aware of your own body can help you kind of slow down. Mm -hmm. For sure. How old was Nika when she went to the camp? Nika, what, it was the summer after first grade. So it was right before. Was like seven or six. It was right before you turned seven because then we celebrated her birthday afterward. And um, it, we didn't have a technical diagnosis until first grade, actually, even though we knew way before, you know, this was going to be something that needed help. And we were pretty sure this is what it was, but there wasn't anyone in our state who really was knowledgeable about that. We had to go in and say, we're pretty sure our daughter has selective mutism. Mm -hmm. Will you take a look at this? At which point they said, of course we will. We'd be happy to. They said, yes, you're right. She does. And then they said, we should try this or we should try that. I said, we've already done that. What else you got? And uh, that's, they kind of said, you know what, at this point, you actually know more than we do about it. So I would, I would for sure refer her to an intensive camp or something like that. So that's where we got a lot more information and things. Now, how did you, um, did you know somebody else with selective mutism or did you Google or how, how did you recognize that it was selective mutism? Okay, this is a funny situation because, among other things, I didn't realize until I was older, I had selective mutism. Ah. Having said that, I do believe that mine possibly wasn't selective. My mom died when I was young. Um, and it was just a situation, Sorry. I think, where I was, you know, kind of trying to lay low and stuff. But my parent, my dad, and my grandmother both said to me, don't you remember those two years you didn't talk? And I was like, oh, wow. What? What? I said, I talked like not to anybody outside the family. And I went, oh yeah, I guess you're right. I really didn't. And I do remember that being really stressful for me and a really big problem. And so when we thought possibly this was an issue for Nika, I went, no way is she going to go through what I went through. But one of the funny things that happened is we have a family friend and I work as a choreographer and a a dance competition judge. Mm. It's kind of a weird job. But that's what I, and we were sitting at a dance competition and one of the other judges, who's a friend of mine, says, okay, I have to stop because this girl is calling me on the phone. And the, the other judges and I were like, are, are you kidding me? We, we have a job to do. Are you seriously stopping the whole thing because you have to pick up the phone? She goes, this girl is calling me. She's made it a goal. She has to call someone uh-huh. on the phone this week. She has something called selective mutism. And I remember at the time just going like, we're really in the middle of something right now. Are you really? We're stopping for this. And I remember that she did it. And I remember going, wow, you know, on one hand, let's keep going to get right. our job done. But on the other hand, going, that's a lot of dedication and a lot of love that you've mm. given to this kid who clearly chose you to do something amazing for her. And I just kind of filed it away. Nika wasn't even born yet at the mm. time. And then mm. when we noticed this, I went, wait a minute. Uh, this is familiar to me. So I called my friend, her name's Nikki, and Nikki said, absolutely, I'm going to put you in touch with this friend whose, whose daughter was calling me. Talk to her. She sent me some information. I said, this is it. This is my kid. Yeah. And so Nika was about three or four when we kind of decided, nope, this is really, I think, mm-hmm. what this is. And that was sort of our introduction to the fact that selective mutism was its own entity and not part of this kind of overarching anxiety. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. amazing. That's, you know, that's kind of mind boggling, right? Like coincidence or in the fact that it stuck out in your mind. Super coincidence, yeah. super coincidence. Yes. So, and it's funny because Nikki is someone who is really a mentor to Nika for her This Life Rocks program and has been really, right? 
I'd say Nikki's been really influential and she was one of the people that said, hey, Nika, do you want to help me with some of these projects and do some of these things? So it's just funny that that's kind of where it started and it kind of came full circle. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I have, I'm going to ask you about the um, This Life Rocks in a little bit after we get the SM stuff out of the way. I guess what else did selective mutism make it hard to do? Like um, you, it's usually at school where things are hardest, but I'm just wondering for you specifically, what was hard? Uh, it makes it hard to talk in front of like big groups of people or people I think I might see again that will judge the way I sound. Mm -hmm. I've done it. It's just hard. Uh, sometimes it makes it hard to talk about how I feel. Um, it also made it really hard to ask to be included to like play on the playground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky because I had a lot of good friends that always made sure I was inclu included. Mm -hmm. uh, That's amazing. It was pretty much impossible for me to ask. It also made it hard to do like the class play, but this summer I did a socially distanced theater wow. performance and I really loved it. Wow. That's amazing. I never did that. <laughs> I like to work on the set, like behind the scenes stuff. I think I did that for a few years. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Nika did tech for a, for a play and then this summer she that's was, she was unbelievable. Yeah. So Nika, did your friends know that, I mean, for them to invite you, because I know a lot of times on the playground, Chelsea did stand along the edge of the wall and nobody would invite her in to play. So did your friends know that you had something called selective mutism or they were just really nice friends and <laughs> invited you in? I don't think they knew at the time, but now they do. I think Nika did that in kindergarten too. She had about a week where mm -hmm. she stood there. And then one kid came up to her and he said, do you want to be friends? And she's like, finally, yes. yes. <laughs> it's so hard to initiate that kind of thing. Like it's hard to ask somebody else to play. Right. Yeah. It's in if someone comes up to you. Is it easier if someone comes up? Yeah. I will say though, after she went to Brave Camp and we did have that initial diagnosis, uh, you know, kids come back from school and they say, what did you do? What, what did everybody do this summer? And Nika would say, oh, well, I went to Brave Camp. <laughs> and her friends would go, well, what's that? And we would talk about, well, you know how you went to gymnastics camp because you wanted to get better at cartwheels, or you went to horse riding camp because you want to learn to ride a horse. And Nika would say, well, one of the things I want to do is I want to learn to talk louder and to be, to be able to talk to you guys better. And so I went to camp for that, to be a little braver. And our friends were like, that's so cool. That's so great. You got to go to your camp. I got to go to my camp. Oh, I don't that's awesome. remember that. You don't remember that part? No. I do, but I specifically remember the friends that were really supportive of that. That's awesome, because yeah. it's not always like that. Sometimes people don't get it. Nika, do you remember the camp? Do you remember being yeah. at the camp and all that? Yeah. And do you think, because it sounds like your mom had a lot of stuff or, you know, things for you to practice and that before you went to camp to try to help you get better at speaking. Do you think the camp, um, I don't know, do you think that was like a turning point? Was that like the biggest help or probably one of the biggest helps. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I think um, it, it kind of becomes a lifestyle of exposure therapy. And until we went to the intensive and, you know, and had that information laid out for us and the practice as well, uh, mm. it, it seemed like you go to therapy once a week and you kind of do these things and you hope it gets better. But when we went to camp, it became this kind of overarching 
project and lifestyle and way of living and way of helping that even though Nika knew, like we weren't fooling anybody when we were saying, hey, right. Nika, can you repeat that again? She'd, she'd look at us, you know, or we would do the things that you learn to do when your kid has SM and say, you know, I see that you're nodding. Does that mean that you'd like the garlic bread? And she literally looked at us that week. She goes, I know what you're doing. She, she said, yeah, give me the bread. I always say that. Don't underestimate these kids. They're smart. Yeah. Right. And we're like, okay, we get it. And then she would, she would look at us too. And she'd go, oh, dad, I see that you're nodding. Does that mean you like the spaghetti? And she'd just mock us to the point that we would say, that we would say, we know that you know what you're doing, but you also know we're practicing. She's like, no, I get it. And I do want to get better. And I do want to practice. So I think being really open with her too and saying, we know some of this sounds a little bit ridiculous, but yeah. like doing drills for basketball, we're still going to do it. And she's been, yeah. it, and she mm-hmm. wanted to get better. And there were things she wanted to do as well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would definitely say sleep was important. We did also decide to go the medication route after mm-hmm. two years after camp and Nika had blossomed and she was taken off and she had hit um, a bit of a plateau. And can I tell them the story about dance class and Genevieve? Oh yeah. Okay. So we were at dance class and Nika had a little bit of a panic attack and uh, she just, she had to sit down and she couldn't really talk about it. And one of the little girls in dance class uh, said, what's going on? And I was the teacher and I said, well, Nika has this thing called anxiety. And the girl goes, anxiety. She was, there's medicine for that. My mom, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Nika just looked at me like, are you kidding me? I have been working my butt off for years and I could have had like, like medicine that helped me out. And so that night she just kind of cornered us. She said, I want that medicine. Wow. (laughs) You said, I want that medicine. And, uh, and we said, well, Nika, you know, it still takes a lot of work. And she said, I know, and I have been working, but there's still some things I want to do mm-hmm. that I can't. And one of those things was she couldn't really participate in like a reader's theater or a play or something like that. And it was on her list. And so we said, okay, we'll give it, we'll give it a try. Um, it did help. That was not the thing that turned everything around. Her hard mm-hmm. work turned everything around and her willingness yeah. to put herself out there and keep practicing. But it did take enough of the edge off that she was able to kind of push okay. through and do a little more higher, set some higher goals for herself. Yeah. And it, yeah, it makes it easier for you to work towards your goals, at least in my experience. Um, and I've, I was kind of on it ever since I was like little, I never decided I want to be on meds. Like it just, um, it wasn't my choice, but it worked. It definitely helped. Well, we did. I don't know if it wasn't your choice. I mean, we did talk about it and decided, but then you were off. We just did it. We were supposed to do it for a year. And I've said this many times on the podcast, Mm. Um, but as a mom, I felt awful having a second grader, you know, on an SSRI and I felt guilty and didn't know if I was doing the right thing for her. So I took her off. Um, And then just over the years, she was, you know, back on and back off as she felt she needed it. Um, But I just want to agree and just point out that because a lot of people, you'll hear people say, you know, like medicine is um, 
taking the easy way or whatever, but absolutely not. Same thing with Chelsea. I mean, she has always pushed herself yes. and um, made herself, you know, fainting or not, she would stand up there quivering like a leaf to do her presentation, <laughs> but she made herself do it. Um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it just helped her, right? Same thing, just get over a little bit extra just to... Right. Um, let her achieve the other things that she wanted. Right. To I don't do. think it would do any good without Nika's hard work. It wasn't exactly. Uh, I, I we attended the uh, National Selective Mutism Conference last year. Nika was a guest speaker. Oh wow! And Dr. Kurtz was there, and one of the things that he had said he's a uh, he is one of the SM amazing professionals out there. Yes. Uh, he had said just they shouldn't have to work so hard. He said, they're already working so hard. That's all the medicine is doing, making it easier for them to do their job, which brought us right. comfort into, you know, because like you said, there's so much guilt. You go, really? Is this yeah. what I want to do for my my little kid? They're, they're a tiny mm-hmm. person in a tiny body. And this is this what I want to go? Is this the route I want to take? Mm-hmm. But it was 100% the right choice for us. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's not for everyone else, but it doesn't, change their personalities and change who they are. It just made it a little easier mm-hmm. for her to knock that adrenaline down a little bit so she could get the things she needed to get done. Yeah. Yeah. I always say it allowed Chelsea to be herself. Yeah. Yes. That's one of the things I asked Nika when we talked about going off. I said, when do you feel more like yourself when you're taking it or when mm-hmm. you're not taking it? Cause we didn't want to say, when do you feel better? Mm-hmm. Who knows what that means, but you decided that you felt more like yourself when you were taking it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of like misunderstanding with selective mutism. And I was just wondering, what do you wish more people understood about it? I wish they understood that it's like not a choice. I've had people tell me to speak up or be more expressive, but they don't realize that just speaking uh, all takes all of my brain power and <laughs> adrenaline. Oh, yeah. People with SM have to work really hard to communicate at all, and it's frustrating when people who don't know me tell me how to talk. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that. The worst. I remember last year we were going to, Nika was going to speak at the conference, and we said, oh, we'll stop and get a manicure. That's going to be great. And as uh, she was getting the manicure, she was just kind of sitting there, and the lady was trying to make small talk, and that's not Nika's strength. No. <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> me either. <small. laughs> Nika can talk about a lot of things, but how's the weather, Where you know, that kind of stuff is her thing. And uh, the lady said, well, why are you getting a manicure? And she said, well, I'm getting, I'm speaking at a conference. And the lady said, well, you better learn how to talk before you go. Oh, boy. I, oh. Don't you remember that? You freaked out. I would freak out. <laughs> I yeah, I know she said something weird, yes. but I forgot what it was. It was that, yes. <laughs> and I think maybe you blocked part of it out. But I remember I just went, no, 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 no. And I oh, boy. I kind of explained what was going on. But uh, yeah, you've been told how to talk often. <laughs> That's annoying. Yeah. I think people just, yeah, people have no idea. It's, it's, I always hated getting my hair cut for the same reason. I hate it. I just didn't want people to talk to me. I just wanted them to cut my hair and leave me alone. <laughs> but Chelsea, I feel like that's a lot of us. Yeah. Like, we have SM and I'm sort of like, just cut my hair. I'm not <laughs> there to talk to you. I just want my hair cut. <laughs> oh my God. 
Right. I feel the same way about the dentist. Red teeth. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. I totally understand that. You love getting haircuts and going to the dentist, though. (laughs) I don't mind the dentist. (laughs) Do you have any advice or words of encouragement for people who are struggling right now with SM or it takes a lot of work. You just have to keep talking to people even when you feel like it sounds weird or people are judging you. But uh, the more you do it, the easier it gets. If you can just be a tiny bit braver by just talking to even one person, it will help. Yeah. That's great advice. Great advice. Yeah. I would say that that's, that's sort of been what what she practices doing just a little something every day we call them micro braves mm-hmm. yeah. i love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> tiny braves so that you can uh, just keep going a little bit yeah i was just gonna say that doing some little thing each day reminded me of when Chelsea gave me your information and i was looking you up online and i saw the hundred deeds day for 2020 um so that was absolutely amazing um, do, I don't know, do you just tell me, it's, it's not a hundred deeds in one day, right? That would be crazy. No, it oh. is. It, it is. It is? Yeah. In one day? Uh-huh. How is that possible? You don't do I them mean, all, though. There's a lot of other people that help us do it, so. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Not just us. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. Wow. Now, how did you come up with that? Like, how did that come to be? Uh, well, me and my mom were talking about, like, Black Friday and, like, what it is and how people go crazy, like, trying to get the last TV or or whatever. Uh, and then we thought, what if people did kind things on Black Friday instead? And then we thought, like, what if we did a hundred kind things on Black Friday? seems doable doesn't it right yeah but it's what it's like about a 15 hour day for us yeah that's crazy and it's you said the video was 2020 does that mean have you done this before like other years yeah for like four years i think wow oh my gosh. fourth year wow like what were some of the deeds that you did i'm just curious uh, this year, we went to, like, the Mall of America in Minnesota, and we bought, like, uh, two people's boba tea for them. Oh. Yeah. We took twice to the children's hospital. Yeah, up- we always do that. Yeah, we always do that. Pick up trash from the park. Oh, you set up the giving tree at the library. Yeah. We- was that the scarf thing? The yeah. scarf? Okay. <laughs> I uh-huh. saw that, and I thought, oh, my gosh, yeah. this girl is, like, unbelievable. You didn't make the scarves in a day, right? You didn't make those <laughs> scarves, right? Well, she made a hat. Wow. It's the worst hat on the tree. No, it's not. It's the best <laughs> hat on the tree. Wow. I just learned to crochet and I put the hat on the tree and I'm like, whoa, is the person who takes this hat. It's terrible. <laughs> Pardon? Do you have like the circle loom? Oh no, it was a real hook. Real with yarn and it. The circle looms actually pretty easy. I got one of those, so I've made some hats, but they come out kind of weird. <laughs> it can't be any weirder than mine, so maybe I should it's not go that to the. Bad. It's just the like, a <laughs> like a beret. Like a beret. 
Oh, well, typically we get to do some other things, but 2020 was hard. Typically yeah. we'll go to the Humane Society and walk some dogs. Or Nika's the one she hates, but also kind of likes. Do you want to tell them the one you hate that you also kind of like? Oh, yeah. Um, so there's like a chocolate shop at the Mall of America called Blint. And uh, <laughs> every 100 kind deeds day, we um, buy a piece of chocolate for everybody in the store. Oh, that's fun. That's yeah. nice. So it's fun, but Nika also hates the attention of them. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a lot of attention. Unless there's like no one in the store. <laughs> Yeah. I think one. What's the, what are the most? I think one time there were thirty five people in the little shop. Oh boy, that was a lot of truffles. Oh. Wow, <laughs> many truffles. Yeah, I bet they love it though. It, Free chocolate. It was a good. Yeah, place. that's got to be hard for you, though, Nika. I mean, do you find that hard? What did you have to go around to each person and like give them their chocolate or? Uh no, I just like. Tell the people working there, and then they just like announce it on the loudspeaker, and then everyone comes and like puts their truffle up there. And no, everyone just like takes it, I'm pretty sure, and then we pay for it. Yeah. Oh, that is so nice. I usually get one too. Yeah, yeah. that's the bonus. <laughs> nice. You really love it when everyone comes up to you and goes, Oh, thank you, little girl. Don't. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. That's <laughs> like the worst part of Nika's day, even though she likes 100 kind deeds days so much. That's impressive. I'll have to do it next year. I kind of missed out on it this mm. year. I think I just discovered it oh, a little bit too late. <laughs> it's so fun. I mean, sometimes just little things we do, like we took post-it notes and she wrote like, you know, this would look great on you or whatever. And then put it on a sweater when we're, you know, Target or something. So they're just little things. They're not all huge things. They're buying things for people. But. That's what makes, that's, you know, it's always the little things though. One time I had, um, just last year, actually, you just reminded me of this. I was driving to work and I, I went a different way than I normally go. And I came around a corner and somebody had put up a sign just saying like, have a nice day. And, but it just struck me that they took their time to make this sign and go out and stick it, you know, by the side of the road and, you know, it made me smile, made me happy the whole rest of the way going to work. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Knowing that people will do that for others is kind of nice. Yeah. And so your page is called This Life Rocks. And that's like a little play on the rocks that you paint, right? So I was wondering about that. Like, how did you get started with the rocks? And what are they for? What are, what are they? <laughs> we paint rocks and uh, hide them for people to either find or pass on. Um, one summer, I was really into painting rocks. And my mom told me that some people hide them for others to find. And I thought that sounded fun. So we yeah. I actually keep finding them. Like I've gone on a lot of walks during COVID and I keep finding painted rocks and I think of you every time. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah, they like say cute little positive things on them. I'm going to be honest. It was one summer when Nika's dad had cancer. And so we, we typically travel a lot. And uh, so we were at the library constantly and Nika was pulling out. Oh, I still remember. Craft book after craft book after craft book. And we were always making slime or, or or making knitting socks out of our dog's fur or whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> like and she finally pulled out the rock painting book i was like oh yes thank heavens this we can do this is sustainable we can the rocks. 
And so that's, oh my gosh, so many things. And so that was one of the first things I said, we can keep this one up. This mm-hmm. one we can do. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I just love all the positive stuff. So you actually look pretty artistic too. I've seen some of the rocks. I mean, they're good. Like they actually, they're really good. Like, do you yeah. draw and things? Yeah, I do. Like, are you artistic naturally? You must be. I like to do a lot of art. Crazy artistic. Is your mom or dad an artist? Is anyone else? Because you really do seem artistic. My brother is. Her brother is like, he's a professional artist. He's actually going to school right now for art education, but he's done some illustrating and some different things like that. Um, So when he's home, Nika draws with him. But the funny thing is, Nika is an incredible sculptor. Oh. And her brother is like, nope, nope. (laughs) Give me, give me a pen and markers, but I don't want to He can work with, like, modeling and scopey and stuff, but he just can't do pottery. Oh, no. I can't either. You're still working on that. No, I don't have a pottery wheel. I'm not working on it. Well, but you have time. (laughs) You have time. I don't know about him. I also noticed from your website, I just, a few of the pictures and things, you seem very aware about different social justice issues, um, just different social things going on in the world. And I was wondering, where does that come from? I think what she's more asking a little bit, Meeks, is um, the things that you're interested in, like politics and civics and those kinds of things. Is that just something that is interesting to you and that you think is important? Or Mm -hmm. did you learn that somewhere? Uh, it's just something that's interesting and I think it's important. Also, uh, do you know, like, Greta Thunberg? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she inspired me a lot. That was one of Nika's first things, um, that she was able to stand up and speak in class. They have the wax museum in third grade where you yeah. pretend to be someone. Yeah, I was her. Oh. <laughs> Nika was Greta Thunberg. And... And Greta Thunberg started following Nika because she was like, she did. Yeah, don't you know? No, I thought you just started following her. (laughs) No, no. Well, you you might not have been paying attention. That's amazing. It was pretty cool. But Nika's always had an interest in civics and things like that. She always likes to go vote with me and tells me who to vote for. (laughs) That's really cool. (laughs) Oh, you so do. You so do. Um, And. then like she stayed up all night counting the election ballots and all those kinds of things so I just think that's amazing I saw some of the pictures and I was like oh my gosh like for a 10 year old girl or whatever to be so knowledgeable and involved and I don't know I was pretty impressed a lot of adults aren't even (laughs) that aware of what's going on yeah I think it's just like you're such a kind person and everything is like about being kind and I think Amazing. And I think um, when I was your age, there's no way I could be doing this and going on a podcast and even talking about selective mutism was really hard for me. Um, It's only become easier Mm -hmm. recently, actually. So I just wanted Mm -hmm. to thank you for coming on. I think it's amazing. And I just think you're awesome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Were there any questions that Chelsea had put down that you prepared for that we didn't get to? Oh, here, I'll help her take a look quick. So we have, you do a lot of charity work. What inspires you to help others? And do you think there are any benefits of experiencing mutism? Oh, yeah. So do you like her to answer either of those? If you would like to, Nika. <laughs> you prepared, so I don't want all your preparation to go to waste. <laughs> 
you can do them both if you want. Okay. Says, um, the one that says you do a lot of charity work, what inspires you to help others? You can do that one if you want. Okay. Uh, soon after I started painting rocks, I got involved with a nonprofit group called the Spread Sunshine Gang. The leader of the group, Nikki, is a friend of my mom's, and she really inspired me. She's also the reason my mom even knew about selective mutism. Anyway, Nikki did a lot of good deeds for people, and I started helping her and then doing some of my own. Um, a lot of people helped me when I was younger with my selective mutism and when my dad was sick. So I thought it would be nice to give back. Yeah, yeah that's great. Sounds like you've had a lot of good adults around you to help you along your way. And do you want to answer this one too? Uh, sure. Do you think there are any benefits of experiencing selective mutism? Uh, well, I never get in trouble at school for blurting things out or interrupting people. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true. I, I did ask her, are there any benefits? And she goes, no. And she went, well, I never get in trouble. I think I think it also makes you a nicer person. Like I feel mm -hmm. like it ties back to the last thing you were talking about helping people. I think because you experience that you're more willing to understand yeah. how other people are feeling and other see other people struggling and want to help. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know Chelsea would always notice. She would take notice everything going on around her and everything about people. She learned a lot by people by not talking and listening a lot. And that's actually a great skill to have to be a good listener. I think Nico would, would often say you look sad, or you seem happy, or he feels mad. And I'm he going, feels you when you were little. What? Yes, he feels mad to me. Um, <laughs> so she's always kind of noticed those things about people, mm -hmm. maybe before anyone else did. So mm -hmm. I think that's benefit. Mm -hmm. So what's next for you, Nika? I feel like you you do so much. You've got so many different things going on. Anything in the, any plans for the future, in the near future? Um, Dinner. Dinner. <laughs> That's good. That's a good <laughs> thing. <laughs> well, right, what, we're still working on the giving tree right now. So she's hosting the giving tree at the library where there's warm winter things for people to take. And then what are you doing tomorrow evening for Cookies and Cocoa? Oh, um, tomorrow evening, um, well, everybody's doing that. That's not really for this life for us. No, but the thing is, not everybody with selective mutism can do this. So what are you going to be doing tomorrow? Uh, I'm going to be reading, like, a Christmas book to younger kids. Great. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's you, what awesome. Book, I'm just curious, what book are you reading? Do you know yet what book it's going to be? It's called uh, P. I think I know that one. It's about a Christmas bear. Okay. Okay. Stuffed animal fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for so you. It's, it's an event that her performing arts place puts on. And then every night over Zoom, one of the older kids leads like a yoga stretch. And then one of the upper elementary kids will read a book to anybody at all who wants to log in. And so Nika's going to read a book out loud. Well, that's over wonderful. Zoom. Good for you. I think anybody that could be tough to do out loud. Right. <laughs> I was really proud of her that she volunteered. 
Mm -hmm. I volunteered. Yeah, that's even <laughs> more impressive. Well, you are super, um, yeah, inspirational. And um, for such a young 10-year-old child, I feel like, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to, right? You can accomplish great things. Um, actually, the other, I was telling Chelsea, I think it was yesterday morning or whatever, when she sent me the information, I was actually lying in bed kind of being lazy. <laughs> and I was going through your page and I got feeling so guilty. I saw all the things that you had accomplished and I like, I'm like, what am I doing? I jumped up out of bed and kind of made myself go out and have a full day. <laughs> no. <laughs> no guilt. No guilt necessary. No guilt. Because we also found that when Nika was reaching out, um, it made, mm. made it easy for her to talk to people. Say, hey, can I help you? Do you need something? You know, uh, can, we, can we do this? She was actually able last year to go into businesses and say, hey, I'm doing this project to gather some gifts for my teachers when they come back to school. Would you be willing to donate? And it was, no, it wasn't this fault. It was the fall before. So it was last well, school yeah, year. I, know. I thought you meant Yeah, no, last school grade. year. And she would just take her paper and she'd walk in and I'd just stand at the door and I'd watch her do it and ask these shop owners by herself. And wow. I was so proud of her. But it was also much easier for her to say, can you help with this project giving to someone else? And to say, can you help me, Tamish? Can you help me, you know, reach that library book? Yeah. Um, asking people to give to others was much easier for her too. I'm just blown mm -hmm. away. I'm so impressed by both of you. Like, you know, a lot of people, you know, have a lot of good ideas and things, but to actually get up off the sofa and go out and to do it, um, it's pretty impressive, pretty amazing. Where you'll notice we're sitting on the sofa well. now. We're not doing a whole lot right now. We're just hanging out here. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, same with the podcast, though. I mean, I think a lot of people have ideas about how they can share things, but this hmm. is a really this is a really great one because I always feel as a parent that some of the things, you know, when you're looking for information, they're saying, oh, come to this webinar or come to this conference. And I'm like, yo, I don't have time for that. <laughs> you know, I'm homeschooling my kid during a pandemic. I'm trying to get the laundry done. I'm making sure that kid has a car so they can get home from college. <laughs> yeah. But I can plug in your guys' podcast. I can listen to that anywhere, anytime. And I'm still getting to you know, listen to like-minded people or people with new ideas or people that have gone through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate that you guys are doing this and putting this out there in a new way mm -hmm. that is going to be helpful to so many people. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on, both of you. Yeah. I think it was great. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's our pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, Scrappy. Okay, bye, Nico. Bye-bye. Bye, Scrappy. <laughs> <laughs>